1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your
0: confidence journey today with Byte.
2: UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. Wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys and Ties Podcast. This is Dustin, and it is Sunday morning. At around 10, when me and Rob are recording this. And speaking of Rob, Rob, how are you doing today?
1: telling you, Dustin, we we saw this last week, and we're seeing it again this week. I'm always better when football wins, and not just wins, wins convincingly. And, God, yesterday was so cool, so much
2: fun. Yesterday was a good day for UVA Sports, and we're going to get into all of it. Um, But first, got to say that I've got Rob on the phone today. We are not together, unfortunately. So it's a sad day for us, but uh, we couldn't get the the technology working in our favor.
1: We need a producer is what we need. Full time producer.
2: I I am the producer, Rob.
1: Well, you're doing a great job, man.
2: <laughs> we need we need someone who can uh, we need a tell remote. Rob how to work the mics. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there.
1: We'll get there, fam.
2: We'll get there. there, But so to start off with Rob, I just want your quick takeaways from the game yesterday.
1: I think it starts with physicality because I was talking to some people yesterday about this. This was the first ACC game I can remember in a long time where Virginia was by far the most physical team on the field. I mean, Louisville had no answer for us. And that doesn't mean we were running at will it doesn't mean our pass rush was necessarily getting there every time but it meant that we controlled the game we controlled the line of scrimmage and we were the ones delivering blows i mean we were hitting both their starting quarterback malik cunningham and also when they brought in their backup uh juan pass and you could just see it on the edges against the receivers setting the edge against the run i mean we were the more physical team and It was cool to really see us play with that fire, that discipline, kind of like Coach Mendenhall has said that he wanted us to and how his teams did at BYU. I mean, look at the rushing yards. We had 204 rushing yards to just 66 on their end. I mean, this was a foundational type of win. At least I hope that's what it should be, just manhandling Louisville like that.
2: Yeah, and I like how you you talk about the running game because this is one of the you know last year we were dead last in run defense and run offense and today or yesterday we held them to only 66 yards and we had over 200 yards rushing and i think that's just a huge uh point of emphasis on how much better we've gotten as a team from this year to last year and i mean this is not to say that this is the Louisville team from a couple years ago right this Louisville team is Without their starting star quarterback Lamar Jackson, and this is a Louisville team who is clearly in kind of a rebuilding mode with their defense. So they are not at the top of the ACC, but it's still good to you know get an ACC win right off the bat.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, third year in a row we're starting one and zero in the conference, which I think is pretty cool. And while Louisville isn't what they were last year. You can't discount the talent they have on this team. I mean, Jawan Pass was a top recruit. I mean, this was a guy that was supposed to be a really, really good player out of high school. And so was Malik Cunningham. And you look at their passing stats, Jawan passed 10 for 19 for 113 yards in an interception. And Malik Cunningham, six for nine for 35 yards in an interception. And both were sacked twice. I mean, these are talented players that, yeah, they haven't worked out so far this year, but we can't discount the fact that this is the most talented team UVA has faced this season, and it's really not close, their talent level, compared to probably Indiana's, which is the second-best team. And Virginia came out, and, you know, the game was never really in question after that goal-line stand, which is one thing I want to talk about. That goal-line stand Mm -hmm. was really what i hope to be season defining i mean that was that reminds me of that florida state goal line stanley had when we went to the bowl game with mike london
2: yeah yeah i mean i i think that this really shows the kind of mentality that our defense has you know you know perkins threw that interception and then our defense stood up and stopped them from getting a touchdown and perhaps might have given them a little bit of momentum to get back into the game, but our defense really held its own and in past years I just don't think that would have happened.
1: Yeah. And I mean it starts there's a pass that Alameda Zacchaeus probably should have caught. But it starts with Bryce Perkins, you know, chasing down the little defender. And then on the goal line, we were thin on the defensive line. Richard bernie didn't play. Um and then it starts with the linebackers. Malcolm Cook didn't play and then we have Zane Zandier, who I learned this week is pronounced Sandier. Oh, it's not I'm, Zandier. Yeah, uh, typical <laughs> UVA I <want> French pronunciation. <laughs> but yeah, Zane Zandier just stuffed that third down play, and I think he's going to be a really special player for us. I mean, having him and Jordan Mack the rest of this season, and then also next season as well. I'm really excited about that. But that was a momentum setter. That is really set the tone because at that point it was six three and that's when the offense really started picking it up there was evan butts had a big third down catch on the drive after followed by the bryce perkins scramble which i don't know about you dustin that is the most electric play i've seen from a uva player maybe in my lifetime
2: yeah i that hurdle yeah it was insane i mean he I mean, the guy wasn't even that low to the ground, and you, if you've, you 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 might have, for those who don't know or didn't see the game yesterday or haven't looked on any social media since Saturday, Bryce Perkins hurdled a man, a grown man who was not <laughs> bending over that far. I mean, I would I would guess it was five feet, maybe four and a half. Oh yeah. But it, it, he easily got over him, and and then he kept going. And that was an incredible an incredible feat of athleticism from Perkins.
1: Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And it was literally like right in front of my seat. It was so cool. I was at the game. And then he did it again. He did it again to cap off the scoring. Yeah. So, I mean... I remember talking and we had... When we had Chris Wright on from Sabre, we asked him just how athletic is Bryce Perkins. And... He said, you know, Marcus Higgins was quick, he was fast, but I don't think Virginia has ever seen a quarterback with just the raw athletic talent as Bryce Perkins has. And I think he saw that yesterday. That was something we knew he was fast, and we knew he was powerful, but I had no idea he could jump like that.
2: Yeah, and speaking of Bryce Perkins, I just want to ask you about his passing real quick, because, you know, this is something that we've touched on probably every episode since we started talking about football on a consistent basis and i i'm feeling more and more comfortable with him passing every single week
1: oh yeah there's there's definite growth there and i think part of it too is we were probably a little spoiled the past two years and didn't even really notice it as far as bryce perkins sorry uh kurt benkerts arm talent I mean Kurt Benkert is in the NFL for a reason and mm-hmm. while you know he was never the most consistent guy in the world and he looked great some weeks and awful the next especially to end the season last year he really did not end the season well he had incredible arm talent and you know some of the best pure passing ability we've seen from a UVA quarterback in Scott stadium and Bryce Perkins clearly doesn't have that he doesn't have that Big time arm, that rifle. But what Austin Foster said last week, which I thought was really insightful, is timing. Yeah. You look at his, these plays, he might only have one read or two reads. But if the timing's there, it doesn't really matter how the ball looks as long as it gets there. Right. And we've seen him complete different types of passes. We know we've seen him complete the quick screens, the slants, the out routes. And last, yesterday for the first time we saw him complete the deep ball joe reed yeah that based off a one-on-one matchup so we're seeing this playbook kind of expand and we're seeing bryce perkins confidence expand too and one thing we have to emphasize too is he's being really efficient he's making good decisions, mm-hmm. ball and he's not forcing anything aside from that pick six week one against richmond you know i can't really think of any other play where i was like man Bryce really messed up yeah. i mean he's really really good and i think we have to emphasize that
2: yeah he's been he's been incredible and you know he was 17 of 24 yesterday uh, almost 200 yards two touchdowns one interception which you know was on that tip drill but i think that you know as you're saying he's consistent and the accuracy is there you know sometimes I mean, if we look back to the Indiana game, he was throwing the ball at people's feet, but that's because, you know, the ball was soaking wet. I think that this is the kind of the first game that he's played in at UVA where he's at home in Scott Stadium and it's not raining, you know, because I mean, even against Richmond, like it was still damp. It was wet Um, today or yesterday. It was not raining. It was an okay day. I mean, it was, still wasn't perfect, but, you know, it was the kind of the first time that he had good weather. And I was impressed with his throws.
1: I think while we're on the subject, we also have to just bring up Brennan Armstrong, who also looked really impressive in his brief performance. Mm-hmm. I'll say it was the most was UVA thing ever to see our starting quarterback get hurt on a trick play when he was a <laughs> right <laughs> was just holding my breath like oh my god but when brennan armstrong came into the game remember he came in on a pretty big third down mm-hmm. and he came in and had a 30 some yard rush uh the louisville player made a great break on the ball in the end zone but brennan armstrong delivered a really good ball to the dubois yeah. in the end zone And even at the end there, you know, I thought at the end when we were running out the clock against Louisville with Brennan Armstrong, we might even try to score because they weren't taking a knee. Jordan Ellis was breaking some runs. Forrest Kelly had a run. I mean, you got to be happy with what you've seen from the quarterbacks. So, I mean, it's just been an area of growth for sure. Right. It's it's comforting to
2: see. Right. And, I mean, this is a good look for the future too. I mean, if the coaches can somehow – red shirt armstrong and not play him in like half the games this season i think that'll be a really big boost for our future just so that we can have him for four more years
1: so let's let's talk a little bit about the defense maybe yeah it sounds good so charles snowden the obvious star uh this week you know eight total tackles one and a half for loss one sack one fumble recovery and one interception where he just snagged that ball. That was pretty cool. Not to yeah. mention two other pass breakups. Mm-hmm. So Charles Snowden, and- a guy that has flash potential, and now it seems like it's all kind of coming together, which was really fun to see. You also had Bryce Hall finally getting his interception. He dropped a couple so far this year. He played really, really well. Mm-hmm. dropped a couple this year. So it was great to see him get that pick. And again, that really stalled that next Louisville drive because Jawan passed when he came in he came out slinging and they were moving the ball and that was great way to just say nope we're still gonna win this game yeah so great play and we also just in general while the pass rush wasn't great it wasn't getting there immediately Mm -hmm. the secondary played well and you know it was the first game since 2009 that Virginia didn't allow a touchdown it was the first game Maryland or uh that Louisville hadn't scored a touchdown uh since they joined the ACC so I mean great defensive performances across the board Eli Handback with the sack Aaron Famuyi had the sack true freshman he had the sack that Charles Snowden recovered the fumble on mm-hmm. Jordan Redman played really well he had a half sack along with Jordan Mack I mean one thing that is easy to overlook just in the way that Bryce Perkins hurtled the guy is that the defense played really, really well. And it's been part of a trend while they've given up points here and there. If they're giving up points, it's normally on short fields. And Considering the lack of depth we have at the defensive line. I mean, these guys have come to play week after week.
2: Yeah. And um, I agree with you And the def- you know, we're on the defensive line and, We've definitely got some guys hurt and we've got some guys who, you know, haven't played yet because of academic issues, but I'm really impressed with how they've produced over the past couple of weeks and how they've just gotten better. And, you know, we're, we're saying this, you know, they haven't really gotten many sacks. They're not pressuring the QB as fast as we'd like, but our secondary is good enough to hold up at least a little bit and, Hopefully, we can get some of those guys healthy again. We can get some guys uh, eligible to play. And hopefully, that line just gets better as the season goes on.
1: Yeah, one thing definitely worth calling attention to, uh, Richard Burney, who obviously made a switch from tight end to defensive end and played really well so far this season. Not even all things considered, just in general, he has played well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not play yesterday because of a medical dis- Uh, Condition that Bronco Mindenhall didn't disclose. So something to monitor. Obviously, wish him the best and hope that it's nothing serious and that he can get back on the football field. But that's a big thing to monitor because while it looks like we might be beginning Dylan Thompson soon, Richard Burning is definitely a player and a player who had been starting for us. So hopefully there's nothing serious
2: going on there yeah hopefully hopefully it's all good i mean i hope that he can come back but if this is a medical issue that's you know it's gonna affect his career then that's that's really unfortunate um and speaking of defensive line troubles we have a defensive line recruit that rob gave a yell to last week who uh has reopened his commitment and rob i was wondering if you wanted to talk about that for a sec
0: yeah i mean i don't
1: think there's really too much to go into there i know there's a lot going on on uh his recruiting front as far as making sure uva fits the needs and his desires as a school both uh you know academically and athletically is what we're hearing so i don't think there's really a need to go too in depth there um but there's a lot going on there. That decision made doesn't seem like it was purely about football. When he reopened his recruiting process, yeah. Sounds- ben Smiley's a guy that wants to come here, and we'll just have to see if it's able to work itself out.
2: Yeah, but- we and we hope he can come because he's a he's a boss. But um, you know, hopefully he can he can figure it out, and hopefully the U- the UVA can work with them on, you know, getting him ready for the for next season. But if not, then You know, that's that's how it happens.
1: And we move on. But, you know, there's a lot of momentum with the program. And one thing that we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up is kind of a momentum that died yesterday uh, Mm. with Virginia Tech. Tech. And, you know, we're a UVA podcast. I respect the Virginia Tech football program, but there's no way when Virginia Tech loses to ODU, we can't bring this up. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that game, Dustin? You know,
2: I was watching it and you know, I was at dinner with um with some family and I actually had to go to the bathroom and for like 15 minutes and watch the end of the <laughs> game so that so that I could um you know, actually see it because I wanted to make sure it happened. And uh, I I was I mean, I was impressed by ODU. They looked really good. But also Tech looked beatable and you know if we look back on the games that tech has played this year they beat fsu they blew out fsu first game and ever, i think everyone was like whoa you know f you know tech must be so good because they they beat fsu but fsu sucks this year like legit <laughs> they they are but on the offensive right. line they they have no offense their defense sucks so fsu is bad um, and then Tech blows out William & Mary at home in their first uh, game, right? And then everyone's like, oh, Tech's so good, they blew out William and & Mary and Tech, and FSU. And then they didn't play last week because of the hurricane. And so those are the only two games that we've seen Tech play this year, right? And now they go and lose to ODU uh, in the 757 in like their recruiting zone, and I can't help but think that tech is not as good as they seem to be this year, you know? And give me a little bit of hope for the, for the future.
1: Yeah, I, just in my office this week, I always listen to the Virginia football clips on the best seat in the house, uh, in the Charlottesville radio station. Mm-hmm. And Jay James this week, I forget who he had on, but his point of one segment was, Virginia Tech looks good, but don't crown them yet. And I think we saw a lot. Virginia Tech really struggled, and especially in the secondary. Yeah. I mean, that was a Bud Foster coach defense that just was having breakdowns left and right, and it's something you rarely, rarely see. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think Virginia Tech will rebound. I do think they're a very good team, but all of a sudden that date at the end of the season – You know, it doesn't look as bad. And the ACC across the board isn't the sexiest conference by any means. You Mm -hmm. have Clemson. That looks really good. But then outside of Clemson, is Miami the second best team? Is Virginia Tech still the second best team? You know, uh, NC State, they're up there, but they aren't the best team in the world. Boston College got, you know, beat pretty soundly yesterday. Mm -hmm. There's... I mean, Duke might be the second-best team
2: right now. Right.
1: So there's a lot still left to be determined. And as far as our schedule goes, UVA's schedule goes, after beating Louisville the way we did yesterday, you know, you would think there's three more wins on that schedule. And Mm -hmm. potentially, even the way I was talking to Austin yesterday, um, our guest last week, he was saying the way Coach and I – Robert and I, the offensive coordinator, has been calling games. Who's to say Say we can't beat NC State next week? And who's to say we can't hang with Miami? And I don't want to get ahead of myself on Virginia Tech, but who's to say, after what we saw yesterday, we can't play with Virginia Tech?
2: Yeah, and and, I mean, let me go back to their secondary, because you know the defense is always something that Virginia Tech has hung their head on every year. Even when their offense isn't good, their defense is always solid. And their defense was not solid last night. They gave up almost 500 yards passing to a backup quarterback at ODU. That's almost unacceptable. I mean, I mean, how do you, I don't want to compare this to, I've been comparing it in my mind to our last basketball loss, because if you think about it, Tech lost an important player. They lost their quarterback midway through the game uh, to an ankle injury right? They had, they gave, no one gave ODU a chance to win. And this is one of the most devastating losses that Tech has ever faced. I mean, of course, if we go back to our basketball game, you know, DeAndre Hunter was hurt and everyone thought that this would, this just destroyed the everyone's heart. But I just, I keep seeing parallels between, between those games. But an uh, interesting fact I saw on Twitter is that ODU had a Smaller chance of winning than UMBC did. So, is is this a bigger upset? I don't know. I I don't don't know.
1: know. One thing I will say while we are doing comparisons is that I was listening to that game on the radio coming back from Charlottesville yesterday. And the way, you know, Foster, the way they handled that loss was. Really good, and it reminded me of the way Tony Bennett handled mm-hmm. our loss against dc yeah. So while we hate Virginia Tech, and while we love to revel in their losses, uh, you know they're they're good guys down in Blacksburg for the most part. They handled it well, and I'm sure they'll bounce back. And we have to continue our momentum too. UVA, I mean, all of a sudden we beat NC State next week, then we're talking about you know, how high can this team go? But if we lose to NC State next week, then we're three and two, and we still have to make some plays, and we still have to win some games to move forward and become bowl eligible. So there's a lot of different dynamics going on in the ACC, and it's still just, I think, too early to get a great read on kind of where we stand and where other teams stand.
2: But I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see how we do next week against NC State. So, do we, um, do you just want to do a, a quick look ahead to next week?
1: Sure. So, NC State down in Raleigh next week, uh, you know, they're a talented team, very talented team. They lost some guys last year, um, from that team on defense. So, so I think the hope for us is one, established ground game and, just like we did today. It doesn't have to be, you know, the runs that we've seen against Indiana at times or the runs we've seen against Ohio at times, but just control the line of scrimmage and out-physical them. I think Mm -hmm. that's big on offense. And then on defense, Ryan Finley is, if not the best pure pocket passer, then up at the very, very top of the best, pure pocket passers in the, the ACC. He's got a great shot to be playing in the NFL soon. So, you know, same type of thing we saw today when Jawan Pass was in the game. Maybe our pass rush isn't going to get there immediately, but get there and make them feel it at the very least and trust our secondary to make plays on the outside.
2: Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm looking at in the um, game preview next week is that... Uh, we're kind of similar teams in the way that we in terms of points allowed and points per game on offense so nc state has about 34 points per game on offense and we're at 32.5 right now and they allow only 13.3 game points per game and we allow 16.8 so the the stats are pretty similar but when you look at the teams that they have played they have played jmu georgia state and Marshall. And so I don't think that the teams that they've played are as quality as the teams that we have played. Um, Yeah.
1: I mean, I think we saw that again with Louisville yesterday. Obviously they went up against Alabama, but Mm -hmm. so we'll kind of just toss toss that 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 game out the the window. window. But then they played two teams thereafter that really weren't that good. And this was kind of the smash in the mouth. They got. I don't think they were ready for the physicality we could bring to the game. Mm-hmm. And here's hoping that NC State isn't ready for that either. Yeah. I just keep going back to when Mike London was still our coach and Bronco Mindenhall was still at BYU. We had that home and home series. With them. And the themes I remember is that those Bronco Mindenhall BYU teams, while no one would call them the most talented teams in the world, all the offensive players would say, that's the hardest-hitting team we've played all year. Yeah, And, you know, yesterday we were physical. We played like that at the line of scrimmage in our linebacking group and also in our secondary. And if we can just bring that mentality, bring that physicality, I mean, I think we can surprise a team like NC State.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think um, something to look at is that nc state's a passing team they have over 370 yards passing a game but they are not good at rushing the ball they only are allowed, they only get a little bit over 100 yards per game so i think that that's something that can play into our favor because we are our you know we're, we're talking about our front seven versus our defensive backs and our defensive backs are really good so hopefully we can pack the box a little or we can not pack the box as much because their running backs are not good and we can get a little bit more into pass coverage
1: yeah i mean this is a game that kind of like louisville this week louisville you know traditionally we played well against louisville but you know when the season started i didn't give us a great chance against them Mm -hmm. Just talented across the board and that was the same thought i had with nc state you know just probably more talent across the board they've got a great quarterback Uh, they've had great defensive players the past year two years but all of a sudden now this is another game where maybe it wasn't as winnable as at least on paper as the louisville game this is all of a sudden a winnable game and I keep talking about steps Bronco Mindenhall needs to take as he builds the program. And one thing I felt strongly about against Indiana and then also Louisville was that those were average teams and those were the types of games that in your third year as a coaching regime, you should be winning. Mm-hmm. And we were close against Indiana, Indiana, but unfortunately couldn't pull it off. But we dominated Louisville. I mean, let's not get lost in all this looking forward. This was... A dominant kind of, hey, like, look at us, ACC. We're good. Yeah. At least better than what we've been in the past five or six years. It was that type of win. So all of a sudden now, NC State, while it's not maybe as winnable as Louisville or Mm -hmm. as winnable as Indiana, Indiana, it's all of a sudden a winnable game. And if that's a game that now we can win as a program,
0: I mean, I think we're going
1: to see more and more these 50-50 games that what we thought at the beginning of the season become more and more tilted in our favor
2: yeah yeah and I um I'm excited to see what what we can do next week and uh hopefully we we come to play and hopefully it's not raining because we seem to play better <laughs> when it's not raining that's just a uh, that's just my take but uh but yeah is there anything else you want to say about football anything that you want to see worked on I know there's one area that I want to see us improve on but i want to ask you first what is something that we can improve on from the louisville game
1: well i would have told you after the first quarter place situation
2: yes that's what i was thinking too
1: hunter pearson how about that maybe we finally have our kicker and maybe he's a four year guy
2: yeah i mean granted he he didn't his kicks weren't like super long or anything
1: but hey if you're gonna make them that's all i need
2: <laughs> I mean I mean I feel bad for for Mejia because you know when you're a kicker and you miss those kicks it it really gets to you and so I I do feel bad for him but at the end of the day we gotta have a kicker who can make those 30 yard field goals you know and yeah, um, not, it's huge yeah it seems like it seems like Pearson is the the guy for that now so well and I Pierce, guess yeah sorry go I'm on not
1: He's on scholarship. So, yeah. I mean, they were really high on this guy. No, no, we. we Kicker on scholarship. Yeah,
2: we sought him out and we put him on scholarship. <laughs> so, I mean, hopefully, I mean, we'll see next week if he's still in the starting lineup. But, uh, but, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of good takeaways. Again, side, it wasn't perfect. There were plenty of areas we could improve upon, but. This was a very good game. And we've seen Richmond, we just kind of outclassed them, which was a good start after they outclassed us two years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll skip Indiana, but then against Ohio, again, it was, we outclassed them. It really wasn't close. The final score made the game seem a lot closer than what it actually was. And then this week, very, very convincing win. Yeah. Very convincing win. So we're We're trending in the right direction. Hopefully this continues, but all of a sudden we might have found our kicker.
2: I think mm-hmm.
1: we're comfortable to say we found our quarterback at least for the next two years. Yeah. And defensively we're, we're seeing see- improvement and we're seeing young guys stepping up. Your Charles Snowden, your Zane Zandier's, your Aaron Bamouis. Jordan Redman had a nice uh, start to the game yesterday too. So a lot of positive momentum and it's just fun to see. It's fun to win the football games.
2: Um, now that we've talked about football a little bit, I think it's time to move on to basketball, which is the best thing. And while there was a lot of great football news this week, there's also a lot of big, big basketball news. And I wanna dive right into that. Let's do it. So I want to talk about basketball and there's no real basketball content except for recruiting and this weekend we got a huge big time recruitment from Carson McCorkle who is a he's going into his sophomore year and he's from North Carolina and he he's young enough so that he doesn't really have a good rating yet but everyone says all the things I've read all the things I've seen is that he has five star potential written all over him. I'm really super excited to see what he can do and see him come on so he is 6'3 and he is a lights out shooter so the the first person that comes to mind is Kyle guy and but i think that when all said and done he could be an even better shooter than kyle is
1: yeah i mean everything we've read so far has kind of made that comparison you know uh Carson mccormick's cow guy and i know on whose place uh, we had Seattle who uh, who joined our show earlier. He's noted that when LaCourfield got his offer, the first picture he tweeted was of Kyle Guy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great comparison to make, I think. And the fact that Kyle Guy has been so good for us with two years left, still got two more years to be really good
2: for us. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um but I mean, if that comparison is being made when McCorkle's still two, maybe three years out, mm-hmm. that's that's high praise.
2: Yeah. So the the weird thing about McCorkle is that he is probably going to be in the 2021 recruiting class, which is I found kind of strange because we we still don't have any verbal commits for the 2020 recruiting class now. Uh, and and he has said that he is able to bump up to the 2020 class if he needs to but for now I think the coaches are saying that he's going to stay in the 2021 class still no commits for 2020 but we've got one for 2021 and I think it's going to be a big one I think I think we're really going to like this guy
1: and one thing that I like because I admittedly don't follow basketball recruiting super in detail uh you know I'm not reading like, oh, this guy did this, this guy did that. I wonder what he's going to think about us and his other offers. I just don't follow it in that type of detail. Mm -hmm. But what I do look at is timing. And I think this was, I mean, it couldn't have been a better start to this weekend because not only was there a big football game on grounds, but Tony Bennett and the coaching staff had a lot of other players in this weekend Mm -hmm. to get that commitment on Friday with a bunch of other players in, with the football game this weekend that we dominated, I feel like that had to be a really, really good thing for not only the basketball program but just athletics in general.
2: Yeah, and if you, I mean, if you look at the other kind of recruits that Tony's t- trying to bring in, we've, um, we were supposed to host a point guard, Reese Beekman, this weekend too, but his flight got canceled, so he wasn't able to make it in yesterday. But I was reading um, some pieces. On from uva twitter and a lot of people are saying that you know point guards love spot-up shooters like mccorkle and if we can get a top point guard and reese beekman to come here and play with him i mean this can only bring a recruiting up just to have another guy like him already verbally committed
1: yeah and it's cool after seeing two years say subpar recruiting but Mm -hmm. just not not the sexy commits not the plan a type of players after two years of kind of striking out on a bunch of the guys we are really targeting Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden be getting those i mean it reminds me of a couple years ago started getting commitments from first ty jerome and then kyle guy deandre hunter eventually came on we got that diakite commitment you can kind of see the future taking shape, saying, hey, you know, while London's uh, fourth year, our fourth year on grounds, wasn't the best in -hmm. the world, you could see that future lining up. So here, you know, we still have two more years, hopefully, of Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, one, maybe two more years of DeAndre Hunter. We're still waiting on Braxton Key. But then all of a sudden to be getting these four-star type of guys we've been getting, the past couple of months you can kind of see hey you know this phase one of Virginia sex your or success you know your Joe Harris your Malcolm Brogdon's Anthony Gills now you're kind of seeing phase two Ty Jerome Kyle guy now you're starting to see kind of the next generation if you will set itself up and it's really exciting to see
2: yeah yeah it's been it's been a wild ride since Tony got here in Charlottesville and I'm only more excited to see where it's going to go as we get these higher and higher level recruits. I mean, if you can get these five star guys to commit and to stay for four years and play defense and, you know, this is going to be this is going to be something. It's going to be something. But I think what we're going to do now is we're going to call a guest and we're going to see what they have to say about sports. So
1: we have a great guest on this week. Emily Karen, a fellow UVA alum, fellow Cav Daily alum, and then also a current Sports Illustrated writer. Emily, welcome to the Guys and Ties podcast.
0: Hey guys, I'm excited to be here. So, um, fun fact I actually was not a UVA fan at all growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I watched a single. UVA sporting event until I got to Virginia aside from uh Ryan Zimmerman on the Nats because we were huge Nats fans and I got to Virginia and I grew up watching Big Ten football Penn State the whole thing and I was like wow this is this is different and nicely, I was like um you know especially consider this is what like, 2014 when uh Mike London is on his way out things are not going very well and I was like
2: the glory days
0: yeah, I was like, oh, well, you know, I think I have to find something else to root for besides, uh, you know, just football. So that's kind of where I started tuning into more of what else was going on in UVA sports. Um, started writing for Cav Daily. That's how I met Robert. And then we kind of just went from there. Um, it's kind of one of those things where once you kind of get an in, it's like I started watching soccer and baseball and realizing, like, wow, maybe our football team is not that great yet. Mm-hmm. But everything else is awesome. So we kind of went from there, um, and I also realized like, hey, this is actually something I'm not that bad at. Maybe this is uh, a route that I could pursue, and then I interned at ESPN when I was in college and ended up at SI afterwards, so I'm now on the news desk at SI, which means um, kind of do a little bit of everything, which is actually kind of fun because you get to kind of pay attention to all the leagues and players and everything going on at once, which is overwhelming, but mm-hmm. it's been an awesome experience so far. So, and then you're yeah. also
1: doing a little for streaking the lawn too, right?
0: I am. I'm doing a, a little bit on the side for them, which has been fun because that's kind of keeps me tuned in to Virginia sports more specifically, which I, uh, I'm grateful for.
1: So are we so <laughs> big, Big weekend for UVA sports. Dustin and I have talked about a lot already, kind of the football team, the big win. Uh, basketball, you know, we get the recruit, plus we have a lot of other players on ground. What were your thoughts on the weekends? and just kind of what do you think all of this really means?
0: It was an interesting weekend all around for ACC football. Um, I mean, you have BC, who was 3-0, getting absolutely rocked by Purdue, who was 0-3. You have the Tech upset and then you have the Virginia win, which obviously everyone is pumped about. Bryce Perkins has shown incredible potential. I feel like this is definitely no offense to Kurt Benford, but more of a trending upward um, point for the team than where we were kind of the last two years. And obviously, when you bring in a new coach, it just takes time um, for people to adjust to a new system, for them to bring in their own guys, like that whole thing. It's just a matter of kind of giving them the time to get that all set up and i feel like that's what we're starting to see but you also have to consider that we still are playing louisville who is one of the worst teams in the acc right now so i kind of you know it's like i was excited and perkins showed a lot of potential um we looked good on both sides of the ball but you have to keep in mind that, you know like if we're facing someone more stature and we're able to do that, then I'm really going to be excited. Um, this was kind of like, okay, this is like a glimmer of hope, but let's not get too high on the team quite yet, Um, in my opinion. I like to kind of keep things in perspective. I feel like with Virginia, everyone always hypes everything up, and then it's like this massive letdown, like when we go to the military <laughs> goal last year and then get absolutely rocked. Right. Oh, so. <laughs> you know, just trying to keep it in perspective where it's like, I'm excited about the win. I'm excited about what we're seeing as I think a lot of fans are. Um, but I also am kind of being cautiously optimistic about what this means.
2: Yeah. So the other thing you mentioned that happened this weekend was tech loss to ODU, which has yeah. been great fun for everyone on the UVA side. And I'm wondering if, if you want to talk about, if this is a sign of, more things to come for tech like this should they be worried or is this just kind of like a you know a weird game that they should just throw away
0: i mean hey realistically tech is a very strong team um i don't think this is a sign of like tech is crumbling and tech is actually way worse than we thought i think this kind of happens to everyone i mean one of my favorite things that i saw yesterday as sad as this was was umbc tweeting at odu Mm -hmm. athletics (laughs) And I feel like that's just kind of the same thing where it's like you can have a really strong team and things just don't always go right. Um, yesterday really didn't go well for tech, um, especially, you know, it's it's always tough when the upset is like the first of its kind as a feeling that we mm-hmm. know also. Um, oh, yes. But, uh, <laughs> I don't necessarily think this is kind of like a sign of the downfall of tech, I think, they're still a strong team. Um, they've proven that last year, especially. Um, and I think it's still, come November, going to be a tough test for us. But I think it also shows the fact that tech is not infallible and we're trending upwards. Tech is not as perfect or as kind of complete necessarily all the time as we thought. I guess not as consistent is a better word to put it. Um, so I think tapping into that inconsistency and continuing to build our strength might be a good sign for November. You know we're not making any promises here, but I think this could be a better contest contest than what we've seen in the last couple of years. So no. that was kind of my thought when I heard about it yesterday. I was like, okay, I was like maybe this means there's kind of some weak spots that Virginia can exploit.
2: Yeah. So
1: you're up, at, you're up at the Sports Illustrated news desk, so you hear a lot about a lot of different things. Is there a general perception of where people think of ACC football this year as far as how good it is?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's not necessarily the best. I mean, you have Clemson, obviously, who kind of leads the way. And then everyone usually looks to Miami and to Tech as kind of the next two strongest ACC teams. But the issue with that is, like we saw this weekend, Tech struggling in some respects as well this year. And Miami, to be honest, they don't have the toughest slate. So, even if Miami goes 9-3, and 10-2, whatever it is, I don't know that people generally looking at the big Power 5 conferences and all what the other teams are doing, I don't know that they're necessarily going to look at Miami and be like, that's a strong team. And then you have other teams who, I mean, I even know like in streaking the lines, power rankings for ACC this year. Or this week we had Boston College, like the third best team in the ACC. Mm-hmm. And then you see what happened this week. Got so, us. yeah. I don't know. It's tough because it's like the ACC always has like one or two contenders who are really strong to kind of carry the rest of the conference in terms of perception. But then I think that's where teams like Virginia and NC State and teams who are kind of starting to get a more respected perception. I think that's where those teams kind of will help it. And maybe the ACC as a whole will be kind of trending upwards in the next couple of years. Where yeah. do you see
1: Virginia in the ACC? Uh, do you think we're still kind of trending towards the bottom? Do you think we're more in the middle? Kind of where do you see us in real?
0: No, I would definitely say Virginia's in the middle of the pack ACC team. Um I mean, you look at like NC State and Louisville and other schools like that, and you're like, okay, we're not quite that bad. Um, but we're no Clemson. And I feel like the ACC right now has so many teams that are just kind of that middle of the pack that it gets hard to differentiate where we fall on that spectrum, where a lot of teams in the ACC fall on that spectrum. So, you know, everyone has established the best teams and established the worst teams, and then there's this kind of muddle in the middle, and I think Virginia is definitely there. I don't think one loss to Indiana is going to put us way at the bottom when you look at who else everyone else in the ACC has played and how those games have panned out.
2: I'm going to move away from football because I'm a basketball guy. And yesterday at the game, we had two of our commits, uh, Casey Morsel and Caden Chedrick, at the football game. And I was wondering if you could talk about them and what you think they can bring to the table.
0: We just have to give props to Tony Bennett and the rest of his staff because they are incredible at recruiting guys who are not the guys that everyone is seeking. Mm-hmm. and finding players who have such potential to be developed and to stay with the program for a few years and make an actual impact um, in terms of keeping this program kind of at the level that it is. And I think when you look at those guys, I mean, Tudor is a big man. He's got to put some uh, some muscle on. He's a little bit on the lanky side. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, you even just think of, like, the development of Jack Salt right. over his you know, time at Virginia and what Tony Bennett was able to do there. And I see a lot of that potential. Plus, I think Cedric is a much better shooter than Jack Salt. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I think those are two guys, again, who it's like, they're not names that are going to pop as like the top 50 recruits in the class. So they're not names that are people are going to be talking about going into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think give them a year or two at Virginia and those are names that are going to be important to Virginia's continued success. And I think Tony Bennett is really good at finding guys like that. And that's what I see for them.
2: Yeah. And um, speaking, keeping on the lane of recruiting, we just got a huge commit from Carson McCorkle uh, Mm -hmm. this weekend as well, right before the football game. And I was wondering if uh, you can give us a little bit more insight as to his game. I know he's only a sophomore, but I mean, he's going into his sophomore year. So there's not a lot of stuff to look at yet. But what is his potential down the road?
0: Yeah, I mean, truthfully, kind of like you said, it's hard to tell because we haven't seen a lot of him yet. Obviously, the coaches have in recruiting trips and whatnot, um, but there's not a lot of footage out there on him. But from what I have read, you know, he's a three-star right now, but by the time he's a senior, easily bump up to at least four-star, maybe Mm -hmm. five-star. So there's clearly a lot of potential there, I think. I mean, it's interesting to me that we were able to land him so early on, which um, I think – I mean – that's one of those things where you're like, okay, does that mean he really wants to go to Virginia, or does that mean he just wants to know where he's going early, and this is like what the options were? Yeah. I'm hoping that it's more of a he really wanted to go to Virginia, which then again kind of gives me hope that he feels like he fits into our system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that always is a positive thing where you're like, okay, he's someone who's committed to what we do here, and committed to where we play basketball, and clearly committed to the way Tony Bennett runs his team. And so I think that's a good sign. I mean, hopefully, now that he's committed, Virginia fans will be paying more attention to what he's doing in high school. I mean, it's also hard because he clearly is wildly talented if he's getting scouted by Virginia and recruited and committing mm-hmm. there um, as only a sophomore. But the other thing is, too, the development of a player over two years is huge. Mm-hmm. So I feel like what we see from him now will not necessarily be what we get from him when he comes to Virginia yeah if that makes sense
2: yeah no definitely and and I the only thing I worry about when we get a recruit this early is that they leave you know and they, yeah, they there's no, the possi- a possibility because it's only a verbal commit and so if yeah if a school like Kansas or Kentucky or Duke comes you know poking around and they're more than likely to you know with a kid of his shooting abilities I think that You know, it'll be interesting to see if he actually stays. I hope he does because he seems like he'd be a perfect fit.
0: That's what I was saying is like you kind of wonder why he committed this early. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I kind of was like, I'm hoping it's because he really wants to come here and thinks this is like the best fit. Because to be honest, if you're looking at Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, those schools, you know what you're going to get. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to go there if you want to be a one and done. If you think you're going to leave for the draft early, if you want to be part of a powerhouse, but you're not going to be there very long. But if you kind of see yourself as a player who could benefit from the development that comes from staying at Virginia, then that's a better place for you. So I'm hoping that's kind of where he sees himself. But like I said, also there's a lot of chatter online about how recruiting status will bump the next couple of years. And if he's a five star his senior year and he's still only verbally committed, then yeah, there's definitely a chance that other schools try to sway him and try to kind of pull him their way. So it is a concern, but I'm hoping that his commitment this early is, kind of more of the the positive not like the scared let me commit early. like yeah. more like I really you know the more of I really want to be part of this program but mm-hmm.
1: well, you can also look at it too just kind of I kind of look at it in the Ty Jerome mold in the sense that Ty Jerome didn't commit as early as McCorkle did but Ty Jerome was that first commitment of that class and it was pretty early and he was able to help bring in other guys you know your Kyle guys uh, eventually your <laughs> So we'll see. We'll see kind of what all this entails uh, at the time being. I think we're all just really excited, big time player. And if he sticks with us, then he's got the potential to bring on a lot of other guys too.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, you think about the fact that this is class of 2021 we're talking about. So if 2021 is already getting a big name or getting someone who's got a lot of talent, then it's other guys in 2021 who are like, okay, like maybe this is a program I should consider you know, guys who are sophomores and aren't even really thinking about recruiting yet, but who are going to be big name additions to a roster. Those are the guys now who are like, okay, this guy's already on board for Virginia. Like, let me look more into Virginia.
2: Well, and it's also going to help with, it can only help with 2020. I feel like, right? Like you have someone who, who sees what Tony, like who really believes in Tony's system. It seems like, and you've got these guys like Henry Coleman, Keon Johnson, um, who, who haven't committed yet, but are interested in, or at least the coaches are interested in them. And I, I just, I hope that seeing this happen, they can, it might help them commit to us too.
0: Well, in 2020 is really probably the coach's focus right now anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, because 2020, they don't have any one on board yet. Yeah. Um, you know, 2019 recruiting is kind of wrapping up this fall. So 2020 is definitely where they're looking Um, So I think that, like you said, this definitely helps in that regard also.
1: Great stuff. Emily, before (laughs) we wrap this up, is there any big thought you want to leave us on, whether it's football, basketball, anything that's just kind of on your mind, UVA sports?
2: Or another sport. Oh, God.
0: So much pressure. I don't know. I guess this would be something. Um, There was a conversation I was a part of last week about kind of basketball. And since we were just talking about recruiting, I was thinking about this, about how so many fans are – Still, so upset about the umbc loss and kind of like so angry about things that happened. and i feel like this goes for our football team too is like none of virginia's programs are perfect no sports team you're ever going to root for is going to be have undefeated seasons every season and win every championship title you know Mm -hmm. but it's just i really wish and i guess i could fault myself for this sometimes too it comes to football especially it's like i wish that virginia fans would just stick with it Mm mm-hmm you know, like, even football games, as a student, there were so many people who just didn't care about going because we weren't good. And this is something that I also was talking about, is the fact that it's, like, the chicken or the egg thing. Like, if teams have no support, are they going to be good? But if they're not good, they're not going to get any support. So mm-hmm. it's, like, chicken of the guess, egg. yeah, you know, like, what I'm hoping is, like, with football trending upwards, that the people start to support them and continue to support them through big wins, like this weekend over Louisville, where there are exciting plays and everyone's into it versus – Even games that we don't do as well. And I guess that's what kind of sparked it was thinking about basketball is like, all right, this team still did incredible things. There's still a ton of potential. With football, there's still a ton of potential. So I feel like people just need to kind of give the teams a have a little more faith in our in our programs. Especially Carl Williams seems to be really doing good things there. So I Mm -hmm. feel like this is a good time to be a Virginia fan. I feel like people need to recognize that.
1: Yeah. guys and ties podcast are very big fans of carla williams mm-hmm. yeah. so she's been really <laughs> exciting it was my dad and i we were looking over her at the game yesterday she was doing an interview on the broadcast like right in front of our seats and i are like hey there she is so uh yeah there's a lot of momentum and i think you're spot on hopefully uh hopefully we can support our guys and our teams uh
0: all the way through. Yeah. Also, and, like even if you don't like the rest of football, like Bryce Perkins is so fun to watch.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's incredible. He jumped over a whole right?
0: man. <laughs> Two <laughs> times. And he did it twice. Yeah,
2: he did it twice. He did it twice. But going back to going back to your point on the fans, like there was only roughly more or less 30,000 people in the stadium yesterday. And it's kind of I mean, I get it. We you know, we haven't been great. In the past couple of years or so, but I mean, if you look back at the crowds that Tony Bennett had when he first started at UVA, like, it was bad. Like I know you yeah. weren't a fan back then, but I, <laughs> I was still I was going to games when Tony first started, and it was rough. Like the games were rough, the fans were rough. Like it was all bad. But now that he started winning and his system works, it's amazing. And I think we've sold out JPJ this season already. <laughs>
1: Fifth year in a row.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's wild. Yeah. So I hope eventually we can get to there with um Scott Stadium as well.
0: I mean Tony Benton is a magician, so hopefully Bronco Benton hawking tips <laughs> in that regard.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Emily
1: Karen. Emily, thanks for coming on. Uh we'll have to have you back sometime.
0: Yeah, of course. Just let me know.
2: Yeah, thanks so much. This is wonderful. So once again that was Emily Karen and thank you so much to her for coming on and giving us a lot of great insight into football and recruiting. But I think that Rob and I are going to wrap this up and we're just going to give some yells. So mine is going to go out to the Virginia Tech football Twitter. And two years ago when ODU was getting a new scoreboard, they had a graphic. And on the graphic, it said that ODU beat Tech. And the Tech football Twitter said something like, LOL, yeah, yeah, right. In your dreams, and then some ODU fan was like, "Not nah, in two years, just watch. They're going to get wrecked for four quarters straight. And it, it ended up that. And now everyone on Twitter is roasting, is bringing this tweet up from two years ago. And um, I thought that was really funny. So that's my yell.
1: I had to give a yell to our Go ACC moment of the week. The Louisville kickoff returner taking a knee on the kickoff at the one-yard line when he <laughs> thought he was in it. Um, I you know, if it was six years ago, I could have seen maybe Khalid Shepard do that. I could have maybe seen a number of Virginia players do that. Uh, so, for once, and maybe the first time in my lifetime, it was great to, to see just, just a boneheaded play from the other team. Just take a knee at the one yard line. And Dustin and I are kind of in the mood of trolling right now. Oh, Dustin <laughs> I already, you know, and I just I couldn't let this go. I'm just looking at the picture right now. I couldn't
2: let this go. It's a it's a good weekend for trolling. We've got a lot of a lot of content on the on Twitter. But I think that's it for us for today. So thank you guys so much for listening. I know this was a kind of a weird episode with the with some sound problems and Rob and I not being together, but thanks for listening anyway. Give us a follow on Twitter at Guys Pod. Give us a follow on Snapchat at Guys Pod. Uh, subscribe on iTunes or Podbean if you want to keep listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Goose, baby.